0: Well, Tiger fans, we are back. I know you're probably surprised. We were as well. We got renewed for a second season here on Play by Play, presented by your friends at The Advocate, and uh, nobody more thrilled than the illustrious Kent Lowe, and this is kind of the show where we try to keep you up on what's happening with LSU athletics, but as you can possibly understand... There is so much going on that uh, we just, well, we try, but we can't cover it all. But it is uh, mere weeks away from really starting the football season. There are a ton of other teams for LSU that will get underway with competition here in the month of August. So, can't I know um, even though you were down in the islands enjoying yourself with the basketball team, uh, you kind of whipped Harris and I together and said, hey guys, we, we got to get going. We got to start this show. So we are starting today. Thanks to your
1: uh, I'm tutelage. As, I'm as shocked as you are that we were actually allowed back in the studio for a second season. But I guess when we finished in the top three in the uh, LSWA podcast <laughs> contest, uh, suddenly they were calling going, okay, Gotta you can you do back. another year. Well, I right? think because
0: they have such a good deal with us, like we have such a good uh, financial situation that they, they had no choice but to bring us back.
1: Well, that's fair. And before we begin, I should say congratulations on winning play-by-play oh, yes. college wow. play-by-play of the year and you get an
0: assist because you always remind me when to turn that stuff <laughs> well, in so thank your
1: you. entry was a no-brainer and it's amazing the overtime in the Alabama game was the perfect link to submit so we were able to submit the whole thing
0: well i think i told a few people that when the team goes and does something like that as long as you don't like go speechless, which I kind of <laughs> did, or you just say something like that nobody can understand. It's pretty easy to do. I mean, they they provided that platform. Well, for us. it was an amazing thank call you and congratulations. Speaking <laughs> of football, you know that fall camp is well underway, and there is news coming out on you know when they're on the field and even after they're on the field on an hour by hour basis. So I don't know if we can cover it all, but there's only one man that could possibly help us do that, and that's our good friend Michael Bonnet, and uh, Michael. Uh, I believe you told me nine sessions in to fall camp, uh, less than technically three weeks away till boot meets ball in Orlando against Florida State, and uh, it is here. Seemed like we finished up in Omaha celebrating a yep. second national championship of the spring, uh, followed by the uh, after the women's
2: championship, and, and here we're getting ready for football. Here we go. It's you, you're right. It just one season just moves right into another, and uh, yeah, three less than three weeks, and we will be. Uh, We'll have had a game under our belt. You know, it's
0: interesting. One of the big storylines, and and, and I think you could go back to even spring ball. This was kind of important. uh, But it's been talked about a lot. Um, Obviously, Coach Kelly, I heard Mike Denbrock talk about it, and even Matt House uh, when they've spoken to the media is that – just there's a sense of now they're they're really building things. It was almost a sense that last year the plane was headed down the runway as they were building the plane. Yeah uh, I I think that's they they feel like now they can
2: spend a lot of their time with the instruction to make each player better and to develop those players. Absolutely you can tell that we are so much farther along this camp than we were a year ago. Uh, You're doing a lot of teaching but They're able to teach excel like maybe calculus instead of arithmetic. (laughs) Right, right. So uh, you can tell that the the team has progressed quite a bit after a full season, another spring session, and uh, a summer. Uh, We're we're nine practices in as of today, but uh, we're light years ahead of where we were at this point last year. Now we still got a ways to go. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, we are, we're, we're moving in the right direction, and uh, you could, you, you know, watching watching offense, defense, special teams, uh, the players, you can tell that they're comfortable. The coaches are comfortable. Uh, now it's just a matter of fine-tuning and getting, getting them ready for that season opener. One of the things that I really paid close
0: attention to, especially in Coach Kelly's press conferences with the media, was, you know, obviously during spring football, there were a lot of guys that that weren't available for for various reasons. Um, And, and of course, Coach Kelly, that process, whether you're able to practice in spring ball, there's still you have a process, whatever that is, if that's rehabbing or, or getting healthy or taking care of schoolwork. It seems to me that he seems very pleased with even the guys that weren't able to participate, whatever they needed to do to be ready for fall camp in this season, at least publicly, he said,
2: those guys have done. Yeah, I was I was talking to one of our uh, analytics guys who, uh, who does uh, – he tracks all the f- speed and strength, and he says, we're off the charts. I mean, it, we've got guys at, at – Will Campbell, for example, has topped out at almost 19 miles per hour. That's Ooh. a guy – you know, he, he only weighs 330 pounds. Don't want to run into uh, that. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's the commitment. That's the buy-in, and that's the commitment they made over the summer to, to get in tip top shape and, and to, to be committed to having a great season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, you look at two-a-days now, There, I say two-a-days, there really are no, there are no right. more two-a-days. <laughs> but, you know, there was a time where you had to use those practice sessions to get into shape, to get, now they came into camp in great shape, now it's just, you're able to do a lot more teaching and coaching on the field.
1: Michael, with the what you talk about and the, the workouts prior to when camp starts, are those more important this year because of the heat we're going through here in Baton Rouge right now that those were successful and the players were in shape and hydrated and acclimated and all those things going into camp.
0: Yep, yeah, you know what's interesting about that, Michael, I don't mean to interrupt. Yep. Is that we've always talked about how the heat in South Louisiana prepares this team for the long haul of the right. season? But there's a fine line between
2: getting you prepared and being safe because this is this is unprecedented—the yeah. number yeah. of hundred plus days. Absolutely, and I, I think uh, you know those player-driven workouts are kind of twofold. In the summer, you help it, it develops leadership. You, you like to see the quarterbacks and the other the guys on defense taking a leadership role and. and, and Put, make hold, holding players accountable to showing up and doing what they're supposed to do. The other uh, aspect of that is the the workouts that they have to do during the summer. Yes, they, they ran in the heat. They did a lot of training in the heat without any pads. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's I, I certainly understand what you're saying. Uh, then you come to camp, and it's unbelievably hot like we've never seen before so coach kelly has done a great job of managing that we spend probably the first five or six periods some days seven inside in the indoor and then we transition outside and they're trying to build because the reality is it's going to be hot in orlando yeah yeah. it's going to be really hot in orlando so we have to play in those elements but you're right you got to be smart because you don't want to lose guys uh for heat reasons, if you don't have to. So you get try to manage uh, the load, uh, understanding that we're going to have to play in the heat and probably going to play in the heat a lot longer this year, is, is so it seems, yeah. uh, than in years past. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the summer uh, helped lay the foundation for what they're able to c- accomplish uh, so far in camp. Michael Bonnet, our
0: guest this week. Uh, coming up later, we're going to talk basketball, by the way. Coach Matt McMahon is going to stop by. Uh, Michael, I know we're several weeks away now from media day, but you know, one of the things that has just stood out to me over this last year plus is that the LSU, those three letters, which we hold so dear, we know what it means to the LSU family. But if you're a college fan, if you're a sports fan in general, you have not been able to get away from LSU. In fact, I think Alyssa Lang from the SEC network put it best during media day. She said, for those people who hate LSU... It's going to be
2: rough for the next couple of years because you're going to hear it all the time. Yeah, we're we're probably – I mean, think about it. Not only what LSU current athletes are doing, but you look at what some of our former student athletes are doing. I mean, we had a Wimbledon – men's yep. doubles champion uh it's just really remarkable, and how many storylines out of the nFL, NFL training camps are absolutely lSU players yeah yeah, and marquee guys yeah. not you know not the six round pick and those guys are all doing great, but you have marquee guys, I think we had what three in the top ten in the NFL top 100 list so yeah if if you don't like those three letters l s u sorry
1: up. <laughs> well, well, yesterday in the, the finals of the U.S. Amateur that yeah, Stone yeah, yeah, was yeah. playing in, she was playing a girl from Auburn, and all of a sudden Rich Lerner is starting to talk about Death Valley and the earthquake game against Auburn and, and all, and I'm like, wait a minute, a football game is just broken out here at yeah. the golf tournament. But.
0: I mean, that's – and that's, again, you, you – those are the things we used to say in our business, Michael. Was you know you couldn't put a price tag on. Right. I don't know how you would put a price tag on what LSU has done over the
2: last twelve to eighteen months. I, I don't either. But you look at what you can uh, put numbers to. Our enrollment is yeah. as high as it's ever been. Heard that this past uh, weekend yeah. during
0: orientation.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's right. And I'm going to brag about Grant, my middle child, graduated. Yep. Congratulations uh, on yes. Saturday. Thank, thank
1: you.
2: Um, <laughs> but. It was the largest summer commencement LSU's ever had. They had 1,000 graduates. So, uh, Yeah, it was interesting. They, they
0: told us that it was the largest incoming – the class of 2027. Yeah, Largest incoming class, highest GPA, highest scores uh, on the ACT. Um, and, and, again, we talk about the athletics being the front porch to university. Yeah. It's, it's, it's certainly uh, – thanks to our coaches and student athletes and, and of course, everybody involved – Uh, it has certainly done its job to to put LSU out there on the minds of anybody, athlete or
2: just student that wants to go to school. Yes, I heard somebody say that front porch. You hear it a lot. And I I think – I was thinking, you know, the front porch – you know that yeah, it's catchy, but I, I think now the way people take care of their yards and their front yard. I'm, I'm going. Let's yeah, let's use the front yard, the front porch, <laughs> the outdoor kitchen. I was going to say the it's big swimming and yeah, pool. Yeah, you deck and pool. Absolutely. Let's yeah. not just stop at the front porch. <laughs> I think we're the whole uh, you, the whole house. Michael um,
0: Bonnet, our associate AD for communications, of course, uh, works extremely close with football. Um, people ask about. Uh, Jaden Daniels obviously he was a big focus during media day Um, and and I and I'm very careful when I do this but people said what kind of transition or progression can we expect to see and I know you have been around him a lot Mm -hmm. on the field and off the field what do you see football related non football related that's different about Jaden
2: that that makes you optimistic about this coming year well if you recall last year coming into camp we still hadn't determined who the starting quarterback was. So I think he was a little reserved in terms of maybe being a vocal leader. Now, he's, he's, he's developing that being vocal, taking command. He did that last year as the season progressed, but I think there's more intent on his part. You know, he's developing as a player. Uh, You know, he's obviously uh, one of the things that he said he needed to work on uh, during the offseason was throwing the ball better down the field. And so I I think that's something you can expect to see. He certainly has the receivers and the tight ends, and he's got a great offensive line that can certainly uh, give him the protection and the time necessary. But I think uh, it's an opportunity for him to become the full package both on and off the field. And I will say he's very quiet, Uh, very reserved in terms of when he's off the field, Uh, but he does a great job of representing LSU. We took him to Media Day and, you know, he was a hit. Uh, National media uh, really has great respect for him, uh, great respect for his game. Uh, You know, he's the kind of guy that you feel proud that wearing those three letters representing you on the field, off the field. Uh, just just an outstanding all-around guy.
0: You know, I was doing an interview for a station in, in Omaha, of all places, previewing football. And, you know, Jaden does have that million-dollar smile. I mean, that's yeah. one thing he had, and he had it on display uh, during SEC media days. But I kind of likened him, and this may not be an exact analogy, but he reminded me a lot of Dylan Cruz. Because Cruz, a lot of people thought, well, you know, he just goes and does his thing and he's pretty quiet yeah. and laid back. But when you talk to Jay and the other coaches, there's different types of leaders. And some sure. do it by what they do right. more so than what they say. And then maybe some late bloomers add a little more to what they say. But to me, Jayden's a lot like Dylan in that, you know, if it needs to be said, he can say it. But he, he's a good example of, hey, you want to be a solid player and fit into this program? Right.
2: Example A. Yeah, and I will say he loves LSU. Now he's only been here for a little over a year. you yeah. know, transferred from Arizona State, uh, but he his he's purple and gold through and through. So you know what I love, Kent
0: Mike Denbrock, and his press uh, presser last week. The one thing that s- t- took my attention was he said now Jaden, but most of the offense there's a there's a wink or there's a thumbs up as opposed to trying to explain it all. Right. Like they kind of feel comfortable in what they're supposed to do. And, and again, that can't do anything but but help this team. One last thing, Michael, before Kent's got a few questions. Uh, the other thing that I thought Coach Dimbrock said that was important, and, and I guess it was discussed, I think Brian, Coach Kelly, and I discussed it on his radio show a couple of times, but this concept of as guys become more comfortable with their position – Also understanding the positions around them, whether it's in the same room or even different position groups and how that makes this
2: team – much more diverse, and allows them to do a lot of different things. Well, it allows you to take advantage of versatile guys. I mean, you look at our receiver room, you got a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions uh, when it comes to the passing game. Uh, So, yeah, knowing knowing all three positions or all four positions uh, allows you to move guys around and and create those mismatches. I mean, that's what offenses do. They try to create the mismatches with the defense. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, to know – you got to know more than just your position. If you're going to have success, you got to know it all. Yeah, and, I think uh, I think you take a guy like Malik Neighbors or even Aaron yeah. Anderson you go, "Okay, these first two sets
0: you're going to be the wide out." Right. Uh, on third and four, we're going to put you in the slot. I mean, suddenly that creates yeah. a
2: lot of things, makes that defensive coordinator get to work. Absolutely. And, and you know, we talked about the receivers, but this this tight end group is a special group too. Yeah, very deep uh, talent. You know, Mason Taylor obviously is, is you know, just an outstanding player. But we got some young guys too that uh, are going to help in both the passing game and when it comes to uh, having to run the ball and needing them to block.
1: Let me go back to something you just said a couple of minutes ago. You talked about how Jaden really loves LSU. Mm -hmm. You know, I seem to remember a lot of quarterbacks in this league who have done very well who are those who really love going to college and really loving the school they're at. So to me, that's very important to hear something like yeah. that about our quarterback.
2: I mean, it, you're right. I mean, in this day and age, and let's let's be honest, the transfer portal, you, you never know. And so I think uh, BK and his staff do a great job of vetting these players that have transferred in. You know, a couple of years ago, that big class of transfer portal guys, you know, they were looking for guys that – wanted to come to LSU out of high school and maybe didn't get an offer. They wanted some Louisiana kids, people that had a connection uh, to the program. And I don't think – when you look at that group of transfer guys from a year ago, uh, they were all – real contributors and, uh, you know, the team gelled well and, you know, you end up winning 10 games. I don't think that was by accident. I think, uh, you know, you you don't want to every year, you know, he wants to build this program with a freshman signing class and you fill holes here and there with the transfer portal guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these guys that that we've brought in – uh, have a have a deep love for LSU Jaden being one of them.
1: Well we'll see when we talk to Matt McMahon uh, how he feels about that because he has also brought in some players who have some Baton Rouge and Louisiana yeah. ties who've been at other schools so that'll be interesting to discuss with him
0: yeah I think LSU and I think Michael would agree I think the coaches in this day and age in all sports that have you know they want to develop that young talent bring them out of high school. Uh, they've got opportunities to fill holes uh, or add depth with the transfer portal. The ability they've done, especially, as you said, Coach Kelly, of of, of kind of melding that mm-hmm. together, um, and not to mention, then you've got to re-recruit
2: your current team when Correct. that season's over. I That's, mean, it's yeah. it, there's yeah. a lot more to recruiting than there used to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Recruiting is – it's, it's year-round, obviously, and you, you're right. You're not only recruiting the next crop of Tigers, but you're recruiting guys that are on your roster – you know, trying to educate them on do they go to the NFL or if you come back, here's why you need to come back. And then, you know, guys that maybe think there's the grass is greener Didn't elsewhere. else play enough this year that so, may have an opportunity yeah, next year. It's, a, it's an ongoing process. Well, it's
0: a, it's a fascinating world. Michael Bonnet is right there in the eye of the storm when it comes to LSU football. Obviously, they will get underway September 3rd in Orlando against Florida State, going to be a great matchup. We talked about the branding of LSU. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, made it is, the biggest
2: game of the, to open the weekend. It is. There you. I, I, when the polls came out, I tried to find if there were any other ranked games. And we're the only top ten game that weekend. We've got – Uh, The ABC crew, Herb Street and Fowler and Holly Rowe. They they realize uh, it's an important (laughs) matchup. Absolutely. And we got the LSU radio crew. We realized
0: realized it's an important (laughs) matchup. Yep, yep. (laughs) That if we don't show up, we lose our job. Um, But uh, it is going to be a great one because, I mean, LSU coming in preseason, coaches poll number five recently this week, uh, AP number five. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get excited about that because I know coaches will tell you, and I heard Brian say it last week, you know, it's great when the your programs recognized sure. and it doesn't impact what we do on the right. inside but i like where they are because it 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 shows that we have the ability to really be a player this year and we've got places to climb even if it's just four spots right. there's still somewhere to go i've never yeah. liked being preseason number 1 i know no. it i know it means a lot <laughs> to the fans but i like to be in the mix
2: with some room to climb, and I, I think we were in a similar spot in 2019. Yeah, I agree, and, and yeah, we, it, it's nice to be recognized because I think it has a lot to do with what you did last year, and how you finished the season, and then obviously what you have coming back, and the fact that we have, you know, Jaden off uh, all, all of our offensive linemen minus one guy. Pretty much the entire defense, minus a couple corners. Uh, yeah, the, the the roster is is in good shape.
0: Again, we are just trying to, trying to take a look at what's happening. Again, LSU in, in fall camp, preparing for the opener. A couple of minutes remaining with Michael. And, you know, we talked about Jaden. We talked about the receivers. Two other positions. I want to talk defense, but before we do that, the running back room. Yep. Coach Kelly was very clear uh, at SEC Media Days, that to be successful, one of the things he learned in his first year in the SEC is to be successful and be compete at the top uh, is, is to be able to run the ball, run the ball effectively. Right. No lack of talent. That's a crowded running back room. But he has laid the gauntlet and the challenge down that one or two, maybe more, somebody's got to make that separation. Sure.
2: How has that battle gone? What have you seen in fall camp in the early going through basically two weeks? Yeah, I think you still have a lot of guys – out there competing every day and you're right you've got Josh Williams as a returning starter Noah Kane is a guy that started a handful of games John Emery's back with us uh, he handled his business during the offseason and, and he's back uh, Logan Diggs, the transfer from Notre Dame uh, Armani Goodwin's back uh, after his uh, knee injury from a year ago so it's a loaded room but for you ask Frank you can never have enough running <laughs> sure so uh, it, it'll be uh, you know each of those guys bring a little something different uh, to the field and uh, you know I think they like the versatility of that of that group as a whole so it'll it'll be uh, interesting to see how the ball is spread around. Defensively you mentioned uh, uh,
0: outside of a few cornerbacks that have moved on I mean it's you've got I mean you take a look at that front with with Mason Smith um, I thought um, uh, uh, Wingo Wingo, yeah, who again was kind of the guy who had to step in and he was tremendous so now you got both of those guys back up front Uh, You got, of course, Harold Perkins Jr., which may be inside, but I got a feeling you don't ever know where he's coming from or what angle. And then Omar Spates, who people have told me may have been the best linebacker on the West Coast last year. I mean, that, that middle defense, that front seven, yeah. got to be excited about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Harold Perkins, Jr., as you mentioned, is he's unlike anything we've seen here. And he was just a freshman a year ago. So they're trying to get him to learn uh, the position a little better. Uh, but, yeah, you, you will not know where Harold is coming from. And he can get to you in a hurry. Yeah, he can. Uh, just ask Arkansas, Arkansas. Alabama, <laughs> Ole Miss. Uh, the Jacobian Guillory, tank, number yes. 90, another guy he's having a really good camp really kind of asserted himself as a leader uh, on the defense so and Greg Penn number 30 yep. uh, had a really solid year a year ago looking for him to take that next step but I think the defense under Matt House is in really good shape uh, Andre Sam is a guy that uh, will be one to watch he you know transferred from Marshall actually started at McNeese this will be a seventh year of college football uh, so you know he's uh, he's Drawing Kent's pension, <laughs> and uh, but you know it, it's uh, it's it'll be fun to watch that group. Major Burns, Greg Brooks, really. I was going to say when when we talk about
0: you know again that I say we the media, uh, not the coaches obviously. When we talk about the, maybe the the question mark yeah. coming in this year, and immediately most people say the secondary. Right. Again, that's because of changes and people moving on. Sure. And, but you just mentioned a couple of guys that to me I don't know that I'm. I mean, obviously I'm concerned, but I don't know if I'm that concerned because the names you just mentioned, again, typically playing middle safety position as
2: opposed to corners, I I, I think they – I feel pretty comfortable with those guys. I do too. And, you know, I rattled off a bunch of names and I feel bad because I left some good guys out of – I left some good guys off. I mean, you know, we've, we've got talent. It's just a matter of getting them together. We, that defense, you know, the corners are going to be obviously a position where we need some guys to step up because we lost our starting corners uh, from a year ago. But uh, I think everything around them is pretty solid, and they got some pretty good coaches that absolutely have shown over the <laughs> years. They can yeah. coach some players
0: definitely. Last thing I have for you, uh, unfortunately, Coach Lindsey, I, I know that was a, that was a shock, and, and we certainly all of us wish him yep. uh, the yeah. very best. The sooner the better. Um, and Coach Kelly addressed it. I mean, they moved some guys in sure. positions and uh, he feels comfortable with it. I know just my limited time over in football ops these days, I'm amazed at how system driven that entire building mm-hmm. is. And my joke has always been if when I go over there, which is, you know, why is the goofy radio guy in here? <laughs> it's when I see people, they're always going from point A to point B. There's not like, Lingering in the halls. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. Right, but right. they everybody looks like they got a purpose, yeah, and they're doing something systematically. You, you you know what it looks like. How how is that transition with moving some guys
2: into those positions in the middle of fall camp now, yeah. just three weeks it's been away from kickoff. pretty seamless. I mean, the two guys he you know moved uh, John Jancic from outside linebackers and special teams to the D line position he's coached for many many years and Bob Diaco who joined us who was a head coach at UConn and uh, he's handling special teams but as BK has talked about they're kind of doing special teams by committee you know there's a special teams coordinator in title but each coach has their own responsibility within that group yeah so uh, it's been good and speaking of special teams uh, Aaron Anderson he is he's the alabama transfer yep. uh he's going to be fun to watch get the ball in his hands and it's it's he's going to be spectacular there we go going to make a note of that make sure i put his name yeah. big on Yeah, put, the put, put his name Absolutely. on your chart Absolutely. somewhere <laughs> yeah. or, uh, don't
1: leave him off and we uh, get our,
2: you know jake bramblett's back uh, yep. starting
0: punter uh, i didn't think he got enough love from the sec media but that's me yeah. I, I think he he, he deserves more. But, hey, just go out and do it. Yeah. NFL will take notes. Yeah.
2: We, we got all the, you know, deep snappers back, Slade Roy, uh, Damian Ramos, our kicker, Nathan Diebert, Diebert. I still don't know how to pronounce it. I, I don't know. I think I've said it different ways at yeah. different times in <laughs> yeah. the game.
0: But, uh, yeah, you're right. Having this team's unit back is is critical as well for that continuity. But, yeah. Uh, Man, it's uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, I had my time off from baseball, and now we're ready for football. <laughs> yeah. I'm like everybody else, I'm sure, like you, like Ken, like Harrison, and everybody listening. Uh, can't wait to get started. Yeah, it's, and it's going to be such a marquee matchup to celebrate college yeah. football and LSU coming up in
2: Orlando. Yeah, it is. I mean, when you think of that season opening weekend, uh, LSU-Florida State, the, the the big game. Sunday it night. Is Sunday night. I mean, there's nothing else on. There's no NFL. It's it's the game, so there'll be a lot of eyes watching those yeah, three letters. Definitely. All right. Definitely. Well, Michael, let's grab dinner in Orlando. Yeah. Well, I was told that uh, as part of the new deal, uh, guests get uh, Kent takes them to. He does. Or? He does. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. just making sure. They used I to was... do lunch, and then he decided, why are right, we doing let lunch? Let me
0: skip dinner. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah.
1: uh, let me look at my contract Harrison's, here. Harrison's minute. got your contract. Yeah, <laughs> he's got yeah.
0: he's got. Well, Michael, it's great to see yep, you, man. I you know two you're working hard. It's that fun time of year, but it's a busy time of year. And uh, we appreciate you coming by, and uh, we'll certainly have you on here uh, maybe mid season talking yeah. about all the. The promotional stuff we're doing for Absolutely. our great
2: student-athletes in football. Yeah, happy to be on. Kent tells me he's going to have me on a little more frequently. But there you
0: go. There you go. Kent, I mean, he's he's telling me and Harrison, I mean, Harrison's producer, and he's like, Kent's the one telling us when to go and who's coming. And, hey, Harrison, that makes life easy, doesn't it? All we got to do is show up. Michael, thanks, man. Hey, you bet. Stay Stay <laughs> cool out there on the practice <laughs> oh. field.
1: Well, Alright, let's get another guest in.
0: Yeah, we got another guest. We got we're going to talk basketball. We're going to switch gears, go from football to men's basketball. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Matt McMahon going to join us, fresh off his trip, along with Kent to the Bahamas. We'll see how the island treated them when we come back right here on Play by Play, presented by our friends at The Advocate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back, Tiger fans, for the uh, season premiere of uh, you know our little show we do each and every week, where we try to keep you up to date with what's happening around LSU athletics. Of course, you know it is play by play, and as we said in the earlier segment, got a very special guest joining us. Kent, we said we needed a jam-packed, like, blockbuster show to celebrate our renewal in season number two, and you were able to deliver. So, uh, Harrison, how about a hand for Kent? He lands LSU basketball head coach Matt McMahon. Coach, it's great to see you, and welcome to Play by Play. Hey, Chris, great to see you. Hope you've enjoyed your summer. I did, a little bit of it, yeah. A little yeah, quick awesome. summer. You know that's that's uh, the that's what happens when the baseball team decides to go and win a national title you get home at the end of June but you get all of July
3: that's a great problem to have and that was that was a bucket list item for me too uh, getting to go to Omaha uh, that was amazing uh, yeah ran watch. entry
0: in the team hotel after uh, the big awesome. uh,
3: was it uh, was it the Wake Forest win that Thursday
0: night were you up for that one the extra inning affair, because, I, I mean, it was a madhouse in the lobby, and I'm,
3: like, trying to get to the elevator bay,
0: and next thing I know I run into Coach McMahon. I'm like, hey,
3: Coach. Yeah, I made it to three of them. Unfortunately, the Wake Forest loss uh, was on, on Monday. me. but yeah, then, well, me uh, too. Got to be there for the championship, so that, that was amazing and uh good reason to have a shortened summer for you.
0: <laughs> yeah well it was I will gladly take it again uh, I was able to get some downtime uh, but you guys really didn't and I'm talking about you coach and Kent you guys have been busy this summer as you would expect heading into year number two and, and I guess we'll we'll delve into kind of the, a little bit of a preview of what we can for this upcoming season because as you guys well know it'll be here before we know it I mean the days keep flying by but you recently got back uh, the ability to go every so many years to to travel abroad take your team. Uh, play some competition. You guys just got back from a nice trip to the Bahamas.
3: It was really beneficial for us. Had an absolute blast, an amazing time on the trip. Uh, The games were good. It was a good experience for us. But more importantly, those 10 days of practice leading up to the trip and then just all the time together uh, with the team, uh, different team meetings, different team events, uh, getting to learn more about each other. We have nine newcomers in the program. Uh, So I thought that time was priceless, and uh, our guys will really benefit from it. To your point about it being here before you know it, first day of practice is six weeks from today. Opening night is 12 weeks from tonight. So uh, it's here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, before I Kent, get busy on some stuff
0: Before Kent again, he had the opportunity to travel with you, and, and I know he's got questions about the individual games. But when you look at it, the Puerto Rico matchup, and then you had the raw talent elite, and then I believe the team was from Argentina that final game. Right. Take us through for maybe those of us who were watching, following on Twitter to see how the team was doing. Are these teams comparable in talent, age, or or were these different kind of levels of basketball in the three matchups?
3: Definitely different levels. The Puerto Rican team was an older team, guys playing professionally, average age anywhere from 25 to 32. Uh, And so uh, played really well in the first half, but it it was the best thing that ever could have happened to us. We were atrocious in the third quarter, uh, playing some different combinations, trying out some different things, and 20-point lead turned into a seven-point deficit. And it's the first time uh, these six returners and nine newcomers had ever played together, uh, that they were able to come together and find a way to win, uh, I thought was really beneficial for us. Uh, The second game, uh, just a confidence builder, a chance to get out in transition and get some easy baskets. But then the third game, the Argentinian team, uh, professional team, so again, older, experienced players, a uh, real physical uh, you know, system and style of play uh, that you had to prepare for. So it, it was a good experience overall.
0: Well, as I always tell you, Coach, I go to Kent Lowe because when he's got his eyeballs on the team, I kind of get the feel from him. And, uh, Kent, you can tell us. I mean, you felt like, as Coach just you know, talked about, you can reiterate the fact it was a solid trip for this team.
1: I think so, and I think, you know, I compared that Puerto Rico game – to the first game when the uh, 19 team went to Spain and faced the Dominican Republic. Uh, That was the toughest game of that trip and uh, the best game of that trip as far as the fundamentals of basketball and, and good play by both teams. And I think you saw that in the Puerto Rico game. And, Coach, the thing I liked was what you talked about, you get down seven, you're down six later in the fourth quarter, and your team didn't panic. They didn't, you know, start throwing up wild shots Mm -hmm. and try to get it all back at once. They worked within that system you're trying to create and did some very good things, I thought, at the end of the game. Like, for example, the up one with the ball, trying to run the shot clock down late in the game, you, get, you run through the progressions of your offense, you draw a foul with one second on the shot clock, make two very important free
3: throws, and put yourself in a position to win. Well, I thought you saw some leadership start to emerge uh, in that situation. Uh, very challenging first game for us to be in that type of spot. But uh, with great intention, this roster has been put together with seven players who are in their fourth or fifth year in college and so some guys who have been through the battles uh, some guys who've been all conference players uh, other places uh, but this was their first time playing together and so i thought the camaraderie was really good uh and you mentioned it will baker made a couple huge plays damian collins hit a big three when we were down four Uh, and then guys executed in the last two minutes against a very seasoned veteran team and found a way to win
1: You know coaches and he's not the first but every coach here I think when we've gone on a foreign tour have always highlighted the 10 practices and you hear coaches all over the country when they do one of these tours highlight the 10 practices and how important that is for your team for the future down the road and Maybe you can just expound on that and what you tried to emphasize in those 10 practices.
3: Well, for us, it's the installation of not just a style of play or offensive-defensive schemes. It's, it's trying to establish a, a culture, a foundation that's going to lead to winning. And I love the roster we've been able to put together uh, under some trying circumstances. And now we're finally clear of all the NCA mess. And can move the program forward. So, those practices were really getting to know each other. Uh, you know, it was the informal time outside of, of the basketball court that I think was even even better for us. Uh, developing the trust, the chemistry in the locker room uh, that'll lead to winning, uh, especially in times of adversity. And I think you saw that shine through in yeah. that, that opening win. Uh, but we didn't do anything too complicated. Uh, I said all summer long in those uh, 10 practices, uh, the goal was to establish the foundation for the upcoming season, and that foundation has to be how hard we play, how we compete, and the unselfishness that we play with. And I think that will lead to a lot of joy uh, and success on the floor.
1: I know, Chris, one of the things for me was to see a very healthy Mwani Wilkinson play long minutes in these three games, and I thought that was fabulous to see him not only run the floor, but shoot the ball with what appeared to be not any
3: pain that he really played through for a long period of time last year. Uh, He was terrific. Uh, He's had a great summer. Got fully cleared early July, so he's about a month in. I thought he looked 100% uh, in the Bahamas, Kent. And, you know, I'm one I don't spend a whole lot of time in the past, so I'm excited to move forward. Um, but I thought last summer and fall uh, was one of our most consistent players and had the unfortunate shoulder injury, tried to battle through it, uh, just couldn't do it, yeah. so had the season-ending surgery. Uh, but he shot the ball well, uh, so athletic around the basket, really had some great defensive possessions, and is a guy who's, who started games. Yeah. Uh, in an LSU uniform, and has won a lot of games. So uh, I'm excited about his upcoming season.
1: You know, the thing I appreciated, Chris, when uh, he had his surgery, you know, I was at practice one afternoon right after he'd had the surgery and was at practice in the sling, and he said, he he walked over and we were talking about it, and he, he goes, I'm all work so hard on my rehab I want to be back next year and, and help this team and I said that's exactly what I want to hear I <laughs> mean, hey, oh. those that that makes you feel good when you hear a player you know say I'm gonna get my rehab and we're gonna get this you know going
3: oh that's great to have him back you can win a lot of games with people with that type of mindset uh, and mentality to get back and you know, I think getting LSU back as a program, is really important Mwani, and that's why he's here. And I, I hope he'll benefit from all of the hard work he's put in on this eight-month rehab.
0: Coach Matt McMahon joining us As uh, he just mentioned a few moments ago—we are headed down the track to uh, basketball season. It will be here very quickly. Coach, kind of following up on that point, um, you know, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you talked about Mwani and just his what he brings mentally and from a leadership standpoint. Not to mention if he's healthy, what he can do for you on the court. For the guys who are returning, albeit one year under Matt McMahon, do, do you talk to them about how they can help you and the staff kind of help get that culture quicker because of the newcomers you have in, whether they're true freshmen or whether they're transferring in? How important is their role, even for a guy like Tyrell Ward or Jalen Reed, even though they've had one year, how can they help you again when you're bringing these new people in to understand what the culture needs to be for your program?
3: I don't know that they can in, in that regard, because I really look at this as year one coming up. This is a total reset. Uh, last year was about finding a way to field a team uh, under the circumstances uh, that we walked into in April. Uh, I, I think there were a lot of lessons learned uh, by those six returning players. Um, but I, I think everything is about moving, moving forward. And so... You know, the reality is, you know, guys like Tyrell, uh, uh, Jalen Reed, uh, they didn't get to see things done at the level that is required on a day-to-day basis. And so uh, it's their job to understand what it should look like, and and we have to get that established. I think we're well on our way there. I think you'll see guys like Tyrell and Jalen make a huge jump from their freshman to sophomore year. Uh, just having a year's experience. You know, last year was tough on freshmen across the country. It was the oldest year in the history of college basketball, You know, with so many 23- and 24-year-olds playing because of the COVID year. Uh, I think you'll see those two guys really take a jump. Same can be said for Derek Fountain and Trey Hannibal. Uh, and then, of course, having Mwani back is going to be important. And then you add them with all these uh, newcomers uh, that are older and experienced and proven, uh, you know, five of our six guys that we brought in out of the portal come from 20 plus win teams uh, in top eight leagues in the country. And now we got to blend all that together into a team. And that's one of the, the rewarding and fun parts of coaching.
0: Well, I know going back to what Kent said, you you have this opportunity to travel and play in the summer, which again, not trying to, to harp on it too much, but those 10 practices, it almost seems to me, based on what you just said, that This year, being able to do that and get those ten practices for this particular team
3: comes at a great time for you guys. A perfect timing, Chris. Honestly, coming into the job and planned to do this and you're going into year three. Uh, But just with the way things played out and and the opportunity to add six players out of the portal, uh, to have seven players in their fourth or fifth year of college, uh, it was just the perfect time to do it. And so we moved it up to this August. Uh, Got the trip together. Uh, The week we spent there, uh, I think, you know, seeing Ken at the roulette tables, uh, you know, guys going out on the catamaran uh, boat tour and snorkeling and uh, just all that time uh, that we got to spend learning more about each other was was really important for this group.
1: You mentioned, uh, Chris, the two freshmen uh, from last year Tyrell and Jalen. For me, it was great to see Tyrell continue what he looked like and better in, at the end of last year. And for Jalen Reed finally getting to play the second game, you could just see the relief on his face after a few trips up and down the court that he was, like, in his mind, good to go. And I think that was important.
3: Yeah, well, Tyrell, you know, great talent, positional size, six seven on the wing, you know, a top forty player in the country in his class. Uh, I think historically, if you look at a lot of our players after a year in the player development program and the weight room and the nutrition, uh, that jump from year one yeah. to year two is huge. And I expect that to be the case with him. He's had a great off season. He's gotten stronger. Uh, I think scored 18 yeah. in each of the first two games down there, really wired to score. And I think another year of maturity and, and, and uh, growth there is really going to benefit him well. It was awesome to see Jalen back on the floor. He did miss uh, about four weeks of the summer, and had just gotten cleared a couple di- uh, about four days before the trip. So that's why he missed the game. He still had one more day of individual work. Uh, before he could get back to playing, uh, but I think you'll see him work his way back into playing condition going into the fall.
1: I get the feeling with players like Jordan Wright and Jalen Cook, Hunter Carlos, these guys all have some Louisiana yeah. ties yeah. before they came in, you know, and have come in to LSU, in one case coming back to LSU, but I mean, I think it adds a a very nice local flavor to this team, an important representing Louisiana type theme, you know, and I think it does nothing but help the program by their, you know, having that Louisiana tie to play for besides playing for a college
3: well most importantly they're really good players yeah Uh, but secondly i I agree with you 100 and we tried to really mimic you you look at what coach kelly did when he first got here having success bringing some guys back uh back home to lsu uh this is a very unique place a very special place and i think the pride uh, in the LSU brand, in the program, is a big deal. You look back at that 06 Final Four team, uh, we're five, all five starters from, from right here at home. And so we wanted to identify some guys uh, with ties to the state uh, that, as I always say, in this, this new era of college athletics, aren't just going to be renting the jersey. They're going to take ownership in that jersey. And I think with uh, Carlos, uh, Jordan Wright, Uh, You mentioned Jalen Cook, who's already been here, Uh, Hunter Dean coming back home, Uh, and then Corey Chest, who was the number one player in the state. You know, you've added five five guys from the state of Louisiana, and and I think that is a big deal uh, because it means a lot to them.
1: And I think, Chris, people are going to enjoy watching some of the big guys inside, like uh, Will Baker and Hunter and Corey and Damian Collins and – that bunch. I think they're going to like what they see when they see them on the floor because I mean, there's good movement of the ball when it goes inside. Uh, Will Baker can score it inside, and not only, he's very good at passing the ball, and I think there were some great plays from all those guys in the team concept during the course of these three games.
3: Well, I thought they played with great unselfishness, and we've tried – to make it a point of emphasis all summer to play extremely fast. I think as we get later on, uh, it's easier to slow your team down uh, than to speed them up. And so we were trying to score in the first six seconds of the possession, uh, get the ball moving down the floor. Uh, But I do agree with you on that, Ken. I think we certainly looked the part in the front court. You know, With Will, you're seven feet tall, 255 pounds, uh, Hunter Dean, 6'10", 250. Uh, Derek and Jalen both 6'10", Damian Collins 6'9", and a freak athlete, you know, Corey Chess 6'8", uh, great motor and athleticism. So uh, I think the front court can definitely be a, a position of strength for us this year. I know uh, it's just so disappointing
1: Mike Williams could only play like six seconds for He he kind of hurt his leg a little bit. I know waiting to see a lot of what happens with that. But uh, just a tough break because he looked, in practice, just very explosive.
3: And well, the thing about Mike, Kenny, he can really shoot it, and he has great leadership qualities, which is rare for a freshman coming in. Uh, he's a great talker on the floor, both ends of the court. Made a great play. Yeah. <laughs> comes into the game, uh, gets a great steal. He's going the other way. Uh, goes up to finish the play and, and looked like a little bit of a hyperextension of his knee. We don't expect him to be out long. Good, uh, good. But that, uh, that ended his trip uh, prematurely, certainly. But um, uh, excited to add him to our program. He's another guy who can really shoot the ball from three, uh, an area we obviously had to upgrade. And I think uh, you look at his three-point shooting, then you had Jordan Wright, Jalen Cook, Carlos Stewart, uh, get him Wani back who's a 40 plus percent career three-point shooter uh, Tyrell can shoot it and then Will Baker even at seven feet you know in the last two seasons made 48 threes at almost 40 percent and he can stretch the floor so uh, you know the the value of that three-point shot in today's game it's about half the shots <laughs> yeah. in a game so you better be able to shoot them and you better be able to defend it <laughs> coach well,
0: Matt McMahon our guest this week uh, on play-by-play Play. and Coach, uh, you know, as we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a sneak peek of the schedule and what fans can expect as far as uh, who the Tigers will be taking on. Uh, But you mentioned Brian Kelly, and, you know, one of the things that Coach Kelly really talked a lot about during spring ball, and he's talked a lot about it so far in fall camp, is the importance of the continuity of the staff. And when you look around, even in the SEC, you see places in football and in basketball where... You know staff moves around and there's nothing wrong with that opportunities come up and there's just you can't begrudge somebody for taking that opportunity but for you in this position going into year number two again talked about the player issue of melding new and, and returners uh, the importance of having your staff and and what it's meant as they all go together with you in year two
3: that yeah, really important I, I think before you can have really good chemistry in your locker room and, and amongst your players. Uh, you have to have great chemistry on your coaching staff. And uh, if you don't, uh, the players know it. And, and it just you know funnels on down to, throughout the team. So uh, really thankful to have all everybody back. Uh, I think it was a, a great learning experience for all of us. We got to be better is the bottom line. We, we got to get better, and, and I think we will. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about uh, the opportunities ahead for our staff. I think, our, I think they did an unbelievable job in recruiting, uh, to go into the portal and get all conference players, uh, to go into the portal and get guys uh, with great size and athleticism. Uh, if you look at, through the analytics and by the numbers, it's a top five class in the country out of the transfer portal, uh, which is hard for people to understand it in today's basketball world. Uh, it has greater value uh, than the high school rankings. Uh, just because of that, that bonus COVID year and how old college basketball is now. So uh, we're really excited about the work that's been done, and uh, this trip was a huge advantage for us, and now we have to build on it going into fall.
0: All right, Kent, you know how we do on this show. We love to break news but unfortunately lots of times they won't let us well we're they, going they, to they, they tell us something to. and then they go but don't bring it up on uh, play-by-play no, no, but
1: we're going to can made an executive decision we're
0: going we're to break some news what do we got what well, are we we're talking gonna, about
1: we're going to announce the schedule this week for the non-conference games it's pretty well out there so All we're right. going to make it official this week but I, uh we're gonna you know i think you know the team's going to the charleston classic which is a great preseason ESPN tournament the weekend before Thanksgiving. The SEC now has a new series with the ACC, and the Tigers are going to whatever the Carrier Dome sponsor is now uh, in Syracuse. And uh, then there's a big game in Texas, uh, in Houston against Texas. We're playing Kansas State at home. You're going to play an exhibition game for the first time in I can't even remember when LSU last played a men's exhibition game. So there's a lot on this schedule to like, and there are a lot of good home games in November and December for this basketball team.
3: That's really good. You just covered it. Ken. Yeah, you pretty know much. Know? I mean, there's nothing else <laughs> Coach, for me. Like, what do you want me to say? Help well, me no, out. <laughs> I do think it was important. It's been a long time since a Power Five team played in the PMAC non conference in November or December. Uh, so we were uh, thrilled to get that series with kansas state it'll be the week after the sec championship game december 9th Uh, i think that'll be a great opportunity uh, for our program for our team for our fans they're coming off an elite eight appearance Uh, and so there are a lot of quad one opportunities on that schedule Uh, very challenging uh, but we know how tough the league will be this year Uh, i think the non-conference Uh, will certainly prepare us in that way. We wanted to continue uh, every season, want to play in the NBA arena. Last year, we had the Wake Forest game in the Atlanta Hawks arena, going to play Texas uh, in the Houston Rockets arena this year. Uh, Big LSU alumni base there in Houston, I think will be great for us. Coach uh, Kent, you you got the clock ready for the
0: Kansas State? Yeah, uh, we
1: are. We're we're going (laughs) to bring in the guy from the Cayman Islands uh, as the guest clock operator for that. Coach will go for that. (laughs) It'd
3: be a bad deal for us.
0: (laughs) Again, uh, excited about uh, this upcoming season, Uh, and and it's great to have you join us, Coach. And hopefully, we'll we'll get you just before the start of the season again, when when everything's really in focus. But I was having a conversation with some friends of mine who are all over the country, and they all work in college athletics. And I want to say mid-July, two separate text threads, separate people, all said to me, is there a hotter brand in college sports right now than LSU? And I got to thinking about it, for, for all the coaches, uh, all the staffs, and, and for you, how, how have you seen that uh, maybe an example or two of how you've seen how the brand is everywhere, whether it's Cardi B wearing a, a, an LSU basketball jersey or – I mean, it's, everybody's talking about LSU. H- how have you seen a couple of examples, and then how do you guys try to make the most out of that? Yeah.
3: Well, I think you heard me say it, one of the many reasons I came here was because of the brand. I think it's the strongest brand in all the sports right now. Uh, I know we have a lot of work to do to get our program rebuilt, and we're certainly going to get that done. But I think you're able to capitalize on the success of the brand. You know what football is doing. Coach Johnson winning the national championship. Coach Mulkey winning the national championship. Uh, Gymnastics going to the Final Four, and then all the star power that's here. I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, From Libby Dunn, Angel Reese, Flage, you go down the line. uh, You know Harold Perkins, and you can name them. Keep naming them. And so I I just think the recognition, uh, not only across the country, but around the world, uh, is at an all-time high, and it just benefits everybody. And so uh, it's it's really helped in recruiting. Uh, I think players see an opportunity to come here and the success that you can have, and you can now, in this new NIL world, pair your brand up with the strength of the LSU brand. And if you can impact winning, It'll open up a lot of doors.
0: You know, I had a friend of mine who works at the University of Nebraska, which inside Nebraska, obviously, that's it's all about Cornhuskers. And, of course, they've got great history. He came over to Omaha for one of the baseball games in the College World Series, and he literally on his way back to Lincoln texted me and said, that, that stadium was – I went to Alec Box. Never been to Alec Box in Baton Rouge, but that's what it felt like tonight, that it was just – it was an LSU home game.
3: Well, I think that'd probably be the strongest example, (laughs) just being there. I mean, I think it seats, what, 25,000? I mean, conservatively, 23,000 of them were LSU fans. So I I, I say this all the time. I think when you take a job, you're not taking it for what it is. Very rarely are you getting to take a job for what it is. You're taking it for what it can become. And so when you looked at this situation, obviously it was not in a good position. Uh, But you see what it can become. Uh, when built the right way with the strength of the LSU brand, and uh, I can't wait to get started here on uh, year number one for me uh, this fall. That sounds good to me. Coach,
0: real quick, kind of what's the schedule over the next? You mentioned uh, earlier how far away practice starts and the okay. season starts, but kind of what's going on in the interim for, for you and the team?
3: Yeah, we have a five-week preseason that will start uh, immediately next week, and then uh, the new rule in college about five years ago You go opening night, go back six weeks. In that 42-day window, you can have 30 days. Uh, Two exhibition games or scrimmages and 28 days of practice. Uh, So we'll have a good preseason these five weeks, and then we'll start preparing uh, for that six-week preseason, going right into opening night on November 6th. As you know, uh, Chris, once you get started in basketball, (laughs) it rolls. Yeah, man. It rolls. So really looking forward to it.
0: Well, Coach, it's great for you to stop by, and it's always great to see you. And glad you had a great summer and had a great trip. Looking forward to a great season. And I know, just like Kent and myself, you were excited to know John Brady is going to be back for the radio. (laughs) I mean, there was some massive confusion that he was taking another job, but he's going to be there for LSU radio
3: and basketball. Uh, Coach is the best. I've seen him on billboards all over town. (laughs) I told him, I said, I can't go anywhere in this town. I don't see your mug on a billboard. He goes, oh, I told him not to do that. I said, too late. They didn't listen. No, it's great. He's an uh, uh, incredible career in coaching and uh, has been really gracious with me. I, I've learned a lot from him this year and and glad he's still going to be with you, the voice of the Tigers.
0: You know, it's funny because you and I know him as just a –
3: laid-back, easy-going guy, and all
0: these people that were here years ago said, that's not the way he used to be. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Coach, it's great to see you. Thanks for taking time out, Uh, and uh, can't wait to see you tip it off here soon. Can't wait. November 6th. All right. Kent, you got any final words, final wisdom for
1: anybody? All
0: are. Listeners We've survived
1: the first show of the new season. Well, so, we survived uh, the first show
0: and they brought us back for a second I know, season. know. I'm which amazed. Is, <laughs> which is the darndest thing.
1: Anyway, we want to
0: thank you for stopping by. We'll be back again next week. This is where you find out what's going on in LSU Athletics and all the newsmakers, including our guest today. Uh, Coach Matt McMahon, I want to thank Michael Bonnett for stopping by and updating us on football as well. And until next time, for Coach Matt McMahon, Michael Bonnett, the illustrious Kent Lowe, I'm Chris Blair. And so long, everybody. <laughs>
1: we <laughs>